Hello and welcome to episode 82 of Employment Law Matters. Thank you so much for joining me, Barrister Daniel Barnett. And I'm joined today by Casper Glynn QC of Cloisters, who's going to be talking with me about COVID issues in the workplace. Casper is a leading barrister. I've been the, against him recently, which was great fun, although uh, to my eternal shame, he actually beat me, which I never thought was possible, but he did. And he is one of the 30 speakers speaking at www.employmentwebinars.co.uk, which are webinars taking place on all different aspects of employment law, where you can ask 30 leading employment law experts your questions between the 1st and 19th of March. Welcome to Employment Law Matters with Barrister Daniel Barnett. Casper Glynn, what is your most interesting case that you've done in the last few years? Good morning. Good morning, Daniel. Thanks for the introduction. I don't think I, th- I think it was a score draw rather than me beating you. But to answer your question, the most interesting case, without a doubt, in my career is the Supreme Court case I did for Hayward. That resulted in a new implied term in every contract of employment in the UK as to notice of dismissal, namely that a notice of dismissal had to be read or the employee had to have an opportunity to read it. And what happened to Mrs. Hayward is she came back from holiday. And she came back from holiday on a, on a Sunday. But a letter of dismissal had been waiting for her uh, from that Friday. And the question was, was it delivered to the house or delivered to her as effective notice of dismissal on the Friday when it went through the letterbox or on Sunday when she picked it up? And this was really important to her because it made the difference between a normal pension or an enhanced pension. And uh, what it did is the Supreme Court found that rather like the statutory law, a dismissal is only effective if it's delivered. That is, someone has an opportunity to read it. What that did was put the common law and the statutory law on the same ground. For me, it was the most interesting because a case I was involved in affected a change to the law for all of the UK, a new contractual term even. More than that was to understand the price that the common law system puts on individuals. Mrs. Hayward was an amazing client. She had fought for years for a simple right to retire according to what she had earned. And she put it all on the line to go to the Supreme Court. And for that, for me, not only the result in a new contractual term, but to see her win was enormously pleasurable for me as well. You've been a lawyer for 25 odd years. What's the most important lesson you think you've learned over those years? Uh, You flatter me. It's nearly 30 years this year. Uh, there, there are two things I'm going to answer. Firstly, Daniel, we're only as good as our last case. And that relies on continued hard work and preparation. That They are the secrets. There's no such thing as reputation. All there is is how hard are you prepared to work on your next case? Know the case better than anyone else. Having read every authority, knowing every fact, time allowing you to prepare. That is the secret of being a good litigation lawyer and it remains the secret. Let's move to the topic that you're going to be talking about at www.employmentwebinars.co.uk, COVID issues in the workplace. Now, the natural question to ask you at this point is what's the most important case in the last 10 years on COVID in the workplace? But I'd struggle, I think, to persuade you to go back 10 years on a COVID-related issue. So let's switch to the last 10 months. What's the most important development in COVID law, if there is such a thing, over the last 10 or so months? Well, I think I'm going to have to point out the most important development was a case I lost, Daniel. And we never like to we never like to put those forwards. But what happened was the IWUGB took a case against the British government. 
And they succeeded in showing that health and safety legislation not only covers employees, which we everyone knew, but also extended in every case to workers. And for the IWUGB and for the uh, for many workers, such as Uber drivers, etc., this was a great victory for them to know that statutorily they were covered as a result of the extension of the law. That's the Independent Workers Union of Great Britain. Are you appealing that, Casper Glynn? Time for appeal has gone, Daniel. Beyond that, obviously, I wouldn't comment on the case. If you could make one change to the law relating to COVID in the workplace, what would it be? Causation. At the moment, the test for causation of proving that you have uh, suffered is normally the but-for test. That is, but-for someone's fault, I wouldn't have suffered it. There's one real exception to that in British law, and that's the test for mesothelioma. And when you suffer mesothelioma, which is a dust-induced cancer as a result of exposure to asbestos, the law accepts that you don't need to prove that any one individual caused you to suffer that harm. All that you need to do is that due to someone's fault, they increased the risk of harm. And the apportioned risk, that is the apportioned responsibility for which uh, they are responsible as a result of their own negligence or breach of duty, is what they have to pay for. And I think an approach towards apportioned harm in that same way, that is, if you expose someone to an increased risk results in a right to compensation, I think would not only ensure that employers do what they should, but also ensure that claimants recover what they should too. Casper Glynn, you told me a moment ago the secret of your success that you hope nobody finds out about. Um, Let me ask you another question. What's the one question you're hoping nobody will ask you on the webinars? I'm hoping, Daniel, the one question that nobody will ask me is one that you've answered on Twitter. And that is and whether someone who doesn't go to work exercising their Section 44 right under the Employment Rights Act, and that's because they believe there's a serious or imminent danger at work and they stay away from work. The, the, answer, the one question I hope they don't ask is, is that person entitled to pay during the time that they stay away? And the answer to that is uncertain. I know that there are those like you who favour the analysis that that you're not subjecting anyone to a detriment because they're not going to work and the wage work bargain requires them to work in in order to earn a wage. And if they're not doing that, there's no detriment. But the other side of the coin is what happens if that workplace has been rendered unsafe as a result of breach of duty of the employer? Surely in that situation, there's a good argument, isn't there, that someone should be paid? So that's the one question I hope they don't ask me, but I'm assured, Daniel, that if they do, maybe you'll answer it. Well, funnily enough, I spoke uh, in episode 78 of this podcast to Gus Baker, who's speaking at the webinars on health and safety issues, and he picked that exact same thing as the question he was hoping that nobody asks him. Now, I happen to know that you are going chronologically before Gus Baker, so the chances are you, Casper Glynn, are going to be the person who has to answer that question. I'd get the textbooks out if I were you. Casper, <laughs> thank you so much for your time. That was Casper <laughs> Glynn, a leading barrister at a Cloisters, and he is speaking at www.employmentwebinars.co.uk on Tuesday the 2nd of March. 
He's the third of 30 speakers, and he is going to be answering all of your questions on COVID issues in the workplace. If there's anything else you want to know about, you can ask Lydia Seymour about changing terms and conditions, or Rachel Krasno about family-friendly rights. Maybe you've got a whistleblowing question for Tom Croxford, or a question on performance-related unfair dismissal for Saul Margo, or on individual consultation and selection for redundancy for Paman Singh. But the 30 webinars employmentwebinars.co.uk are your chance to ask 30 leading lawyers whatever questions you have about employment law. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this podcast, please do subscribe in the Apple Podcast Store and do leave a review. We do like five-star reviews here. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. Any information on this podcast is for general guidance only. Always seek legal advice. Please see full terms at www.danielbarnett.co.uk forward slash podcast terms.